You're listening to a very, very merry and special Longbox Crusade episode. The 12 Days of Crusademus is back. It's 2018, and we're bringing it back to you. On the first day of Christmas, my true love sent to me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love sent to me On the third day of Christmas, my true love sent to me Three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me My true love sent to me A blue devil deviling Hello and welcome to the first installment of the 12 Days of Crusademus for 2018, brought to you by the Long Box Crusade. The 12 Days of Crusademus is our gift to the comic-loving podcast community to celebrate the holiday season. And we're celebrating this joyous season by sharing with you some often overlooked comic book titles that may have gotten by you in the past. Each day of the 12 Days of Crusademus, we'll bring you a new hidden gem of a comic book series brought to you either by one of our jingling all the way co-hosts or one of our podcast celebrity guests. Till we get it all the way. <laughs> I heard one until we get all the way to December 25th, Christmas Day. I'm your host for this first day of Crusademus, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, aka Death Probe, and here are the right jolly old elves joining me for today's unwrapping. Welcome to Crusademus. Get out from under the mistletoe, Pat. Ooh, we know it's I'm, you kissing your. You're doing a diamonds are forever, and you're kissing yourself. I know what's going on. <laughs> That's the See best move Aaron ever. Knuckles. Welcome to Crusademus, DJ Cristados, Pat Sampson. Hello, Merry Christmas, or soon to be Christmas to everyone out there. I can't wait to get to that final day to be under the mistletoe waiting for everyone to kiss me. So I'll be standing here waiting. If you everybody wants to get in line, the line starts here. Next up is my brother from another mother, Delvin, the Dark Web Williams. Welcome back. Hey, great to be back. And Pat, I hope it doesn't go for you like, you know, the Candy Crush stuff. Yeah, yeah we'll you see. Know, I, I will make that one of my Christmas wishes. And I will also welcome everyone back to Crusademus and hope that it's you know, not like a regift that, you know, you just pass on to some. Well, no, actually, no, that's actually what I want you to do is pass it on to some. You know, forget I'm saying anything. Back, back to Jared. <laughs> Thank you, Delvin. Well, Delvin, could you reach over on the shelf over there and just grab me my candy cane flavored uh, lip balm? Absolutely. Here you go. Thank you. Let's check in with my brother from my actual mother, Jason the Weasel Skull Albrick. Welcome back to Crusade Miss, man. We're doing it again. We sure are. I do have a little bit of an issue, though, and I was hoping maybe you could help me out. I might have killed an elf out back. I mean, he was provoking me, in all fairness. He was in my face, it's- well, my belly button, but yeah, he was talking all kinds of crap. I just lost. I just lost it, and I'm just saying. Jason, it's, it's okay, dude. All we have to do, take it to a taxidermist, mount it, and then we have an elf on the shelf. 
<laughs> Thank you, Delvin. This is why I love hanging out with these three guys. They always help solve all my problems. Another okay. problem solved, thanks to Delvin, the Dark Web Williams. <laughs> anyway, it's great to be here. Great to be back. First day of Crusadeness. I'm looking forward to it. Let's talk comics. Delvin Williams has got witty comments. He's good at jujitsu, and he can help you hide a body. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you want in a good friend. He's right there in plain sight, and everyone would be like, oh, that's a dump on the shelf. It's delightful. <laughs> this got dark, and it's the first day of Crusade. <laughs> that is the most realistic looking elf on the shelf I have ever seen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, now I got to get rid of my gift I got you guys. <laughs> <laughs> And joining us around the fireplace with hot cocoa in hand is our special guest, the irredeemable Shag. Even in the holiday season, the guy can't get redeemed, man. You may know him from his Fire and Water podcast network with many great shows like the JLI Bwahaha podcast, Digest Cast. Excellent. Yes, it is. And tons more. There's lots of casting going on over there. Please welcome the irredeemable Shag. What do you have gift wrapped in that stocking, Shag? Before we get to that, I think the most important question here is who forgot to spike the cocoa? I mean, seriously, you're going to offer me hot cocoa here in your house. What kind of operation are you running here? This is, a, you, is this a dry county? come over by me by the mistletoe shake. I'll take care of that for you. I got a little... We are teetotalers here at Longbox Crusade headquarters, so the cocoa is not going to be spiked. But here's the thing. The little marshmallows have heroin yeah. in them. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Pat, more of those, please. How many would you like? One or two lumps. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, as you heard in that singing in the intro, well, you could call it singing, I suppose. Today is one blue devil deviling, which means that we are unwrapping... Devil Annual Number One, also known as the Summer Fun Annual. Woohoo! Now, if you're not familiar with this series of the creators, I'll give you a little bit of history on it real quick. The writing duo of Dan Mishkin and Gary Cohn, exceptional writers who've been around DC for a while, they were asked by DC Editorial to develop a new book for, wait for it, Steve Ditko. Yeah, the Steve Ditko. He had been hanging around the DC offices, apparently just looking for something to do. So Dan and Steve put their hats on and studied all of Ditko's like most famous stuff, and they amalgamated all these ideas and concepts, and they ended up creating Blue Devil. You know, if you look at Blue Devil, if you're not familiar with him, you'll understand as we get going here. But anyway, they looked at Ditko's past creations. They gave him the acrobatics of like Blue Beetle and Spider-Man. They used the color idea like Blue Beetle, Blue Devil, the magic elements of Doctor Strange, some of the Ditko weird tech. They took all these kooky Ditko ideas, swirled them together into a new character, perfect for Steve Ditko to draw, and they presented it to him, and Ditko said, eh, no thanks. <laughs> so, which, this all worked out pretty well, though, for them in the long run, because instead, the writers ended up with the amazingly talented Paris Cullens right at the start of his career. He knocked this out of the park. Gorgeous stuff. And he stayed in the book for about six issues and he did this annual. That was followed by a collection of rotating artists until he settled with Alan Kupperberg. Now the series lasted 31 issues and years later Blue Devil would end up being inducted, the character at least, into the Justice League of America. Pretty good. And then he helped found the Shadow Pack, which was like a supernatural team of heroes. That's the character story. His background is he's Dan Cassidy and he's this Hollywood stuntman and special effects guru, right? And he creates this Blue Devil like full body exosuit for a movie. During the filming, the crew encounters a real demon who zaps Dan Cassidy while he's in the Blue Devil suit. The suit was imbued with magical qualities and fused Dan into the suit, into his skin. So he's trapped in the costume permanently, and he's now an honest-to-goodness Blue Devil. He's basically a reluctant hero. He never really wants to get involved. He'd usually prefer working on movies and special effects and all that than saving the day. But he ends up getting involved in so many bizarre adventures, he eventually gets the nickname of Weirdness Magnet. The most important thing, though, throughout all the stories, it's about adventure and humor and fun, and those were always center stage. That's a great recap. You did your homework. <laughs> I did, I did. So let 
let me ask you this. Yes. Why do you love it? Think about this. The series premiered in 1984, and I was 12 years old at that time. And as everybody knows, the golden age of comics is whenever you personally were 12 years old. That's what the golden age of comics is. If you step back from that and you think about this. So in the late 1970s and early 1980s, it was really a time of comic books becoming darker and more realistic. You know, the storytelling, you know, Batman and Daredevil and the X-Men, they'd all gone gritty by this point and Swamp Thing. And there were other comics like Miracle Man and Nexus that were coming in and changing the direction of these four color funny books. And Michigan and Cone, the writers, saw where this was going. I mean, in fact, Dark Knight Returns is just like just around the corner, you know, the darkening of everything. And so these writers decided they wanted to make comics fun again. In fact, I'm looking right now at the promotional poster for Blue Devil. I have it framed on my wall and it says, we've made comics fun again. That was their slogan. Really, the perfect example is Dan is this reluctant hero. It's always funny. The art is superb. If I had to sum up the whole series in one word, it would be fun. That's really the best way to describe it. And me personally, my mantra is find your joy, whether it's in comics or movies or sports or life or whatever. If you aren't enjoying yourself, then why do something? You know, life's too short to expend a bunch of energy on working hard to be unhappy. And the bottom line is this comic makes me happy and it brings me joy. And that's why I love it. Well said, oh, sir. What a Christmas miracle that is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm super motivated by that. Like with that, I got to log off, you know, screw you guys. As I don't really enjoy this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it takes a dark turn. I was going to say, that's great. That's great. Okay, let's tear it apart. <laughs> that's what we're do. But, but I have a question for all of you. So before today, before this comic, have any of you read the series before? When we go around the room, Pat? I have not read a Blue Devil. This is my first Blue Devil. And Facebook and Unfriend. Perfect. Okay. Delvin. <laughs> no, I've never read this issue or a single issue of Blue Devil ever. So you still haven't read this issue is what you're saying. You know we're doing a podcast on it, right? <laughs> That's never stopped me before. <laughs> Jason, what about you? Have you read Blue Devil before? I haven't read the comic. I was familiar with the character. I kind of dabbled in some Teen Titans back in the day when they had, I think it was a Kid Devil, yep. and Blue Devil made a couple guest appearances. So I'd seen him floating around, so I knew who he was, but I wasn't very familiar with him, and I definitely never read the comic. Gotcha. The Kid Devil and Red Devil era of Teen Titans, while I enjoy it, was not a good representation of Blue Devil, certainly. So hopefully you got a better picture tonight. So the guy who sleeps on my couch, Jared? Aha, Yes. I have read Blue Devil. I have a full run of it that I stole while sleeping on your couch. Crap! Merry Christmas, <laughs> son of a <laughs> in, no, in all honesty, they are literally in a box right next to the couch. Not <laughs> right. I knew that uh, box no. felt lighter. In all honesty, you did turn me on to the character. I knew about Blue Devil kind of tangentially, like Jason. You had a huge passion for it. So one day when we were out dollar book diving at a comic store together, I found a handful of them, bought them, read them, enjoyed them. You know what I just heard was him going, in all honesty, Shag, you turned me on, and then I didn't hear anything after that. And Shag was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, Jared. I didn't mean to turn you on. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Robert Palmer. Yeah. <laughs> I got no. Can't help it. He's simply irresistible. Oh, no. <laughs> Ooh, that one got that one. I got the one before that. I just stayed quiet. <laughs> Guys, you might as well face it. Oh, you never addicted to love. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> I didn't know you guys were even speaking. I was thinking about the models in the background with the guitars. Uh, this podcast, the lights are on, but no one's home. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've got our Christmas lights up, though. Those are the lights that are on. 
Now, why'd you pick this issue today? It's a really a great example of the Blue Devil series. It's the original writers, Dan Mishkin and Gary Cohn, reunited with the original artist, Paris Collins, plus the amazing inking of Gary Martin. It's just a gorgeous book all the way around. It's full of magical zaniness, ridiculous battles, lots of jokes. And the back of the comic, the back matter, even has like fun pinups and a schematic of the Blue Devil exosuit. There's even a board game you can play. I mean, it really harkens back to what annuals and larger size, bumper size books used to be. You know, by 1984, extra size comics were just one long story. You didn't have fun stuff like this. So it really, it's designed to give kids hours of entertainment. Now, the original Blue Devil series, unfortunately, has been mostly forgotten. It's not been collected anywhere. The New 52 tried to relaunch the character, but they got it all wrong. Nobody likes that version of Blue Devil. And I believe that the original series deserves another look by today's readers. And this is a perfect example of it. It's a good little microcosm. And in fact, I think that the premise of this whole series of Blue Devil would make an awesome like animated series from DC. I have never heard anyone as fired up about a comic book ever. (laughs) 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 I feel like they should do this just for Shag. I'm okay with that. I see him like as he's passionately saying this thing, like cutting his eyes over our stash of candy canes. Like he's trying to sell us on this hardcore when it comes to our candy cane ratings. Oh, there's going to be a lot of candy canes coming my way. I have (laughs) Shag, could you tell me, did Blue Devil survive the crisis? Oh, absolutely. In fact, it was issue 19 was a crossover or 18. 18 or 19 was the crisis crossover. So he made it through crisis. Basically, once this series was canceled, he went into limbo for several years. And then they dug him out for Justice League of America and they did him all wrong there. And they messed him up in Underworld Unleashed. Then they sort of redeemed him with Shadow Pack, which went for several years, which was a supernatural hero team, which was kind of fun. That was just before the whole Flashpoint. And then they rebooted in New 52. It was an interesting idea in the New 52. They called it the Black and Blue. They were going on sort of like the Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, the Blue and Gold thing. It was Black and Blue and it was Black Lightning with Blue Devil as a duo. And it was pretty clever the way the two characters worked together. But the Blue Devil character was completely revamped and it was just terrible. The Black Lightning character continued on and the Blue Devil character, they just try to pretend never happened. Interesting. The Crisis Crossovers were at issue 17 and 18 <laughs> for those who need to know. I only know that because I literally have my stack of Blue Devils sitting to my left within reach. So I reached over and 17 and 18 are the Crisis Crossovers. So if you can't get enough Crisis in your life, that's where well. to go. Hey, listen, Shag. Yeah? While you're here in the studios, how about a brief summary of the issue you gave us, the Summer Fun Annual? Well, sure, Jared. I'll just make one up off the top of my head. Good. You don't have it written down anywhere, so I don't. So this won't sound scripted at all. So Felix Faust, his latest plot, world domination, includes two magical eggs, one of which just happens to be in Dan Cassidy's workshop. Now, the wackiness gets rolling when these eggs attract the attention of several supernatural heroes and heroines, including Madame Xanadu, the Phantom Stranger, Etrigan the Demon, the Creeper, the Man Bat, the Black Orchid, and of course, Blue Devil. The eggs hatch and tons of these little adorable tiny little demon imps scatter all over the place and our heroes start collecting the imps with, that's right, wait for it, you guessed it, magical butterfly nets. Of course they used those. Oh, and Etrigan eats a bunch of them too. He just swallows them whole. Anyway, one of the demons manages to slip through and reaches Felix Faust's mythical birthing pit. I'm not making that phrase up. That's real. That little imp is transformed into a full-grown facsimile of Blue Devil's foe, Neberos. This was the demon who first trapped Dan in the Blue Devil suit. So the battle rages on, but thankfully our heroes defeat the Neboros copy with these amazing butterfly nets, and Felix Faust gets punched in the face by Phantom Stranger. And the Creeper suggests the supernatural heroes continue to work together as a team, but they all agree that's the stupidest idea they have ever heard. And then, as I mentioned, in the back matter, that includes pinups and a schematic of the Blue Devil exosuit and a board game you can actually cut out and play. While the comic's like an adventure story, what I don't really get to explain to you is how much fun it was. It's got tons of humor and great visuals and all 
all these conflicting origins for Black Orchid, and the Phantom Stranger even loses his temper at one point when these characters squabbling interrupts his dramatic monologuing. It's really an exceptional example on how to produce a fun superhero comic. So what did you guys think of the issue and the concept? Let's go around the room first. Let's start with my friend Delvin. Here's what I think <laughs> of the issue and concept. I started writing stuff down, and Felix Faust, you need to find someone who can love you about half as much as Felix loves himself. <laughs> <laughs> because good God, that dude is in love with himself. I mean, just the titles he was giving each other, that was a feature of the issue. He was also like doing like a Stanley thing with the magic names of what he was calling himself and like all of the stuff that he had. It was very Doctor Strange. There was kind of a Spider-Man feel to the entire issue. So I can see where you're getting, you know, the elements of Steve Ditko character because it definitely felt like you could take Blue Devil out of the book, put Spider-Man into the book and have a similar issue. I have to laugh about Blue Devil. And the reason why I have to laugh about Blue Devil is I've probably collected DC comic books now since college. So 20 years, two decades. And if I have a single comic book with Blue Devil in it, I would be surprised. I have never heard of Blue Devil at all. Never heard of him. Wow. Okay. Even like looking at the cover of the book, I recognize Creeper and Etrigan, Phantom Stranger, Man Bat. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't recognize Blue Devil. <laughs> I was like, am I, am, I, am I being punked? What is going on? <laughs> well, then this is absolutely fits the definition of an overlooked book then. Yeah. I have somehow completely missed Blue Devil in all of the DC universe. And one more thing. They like Black Orchid so much, they explained her origin twice, which I thought was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, she came across as Daredevil Cross with Elton John. So figure that out. <laughs> I will pass it off to my very good friend. My best friend, the better friend, Jerry. <laughs> Thank you, Delvin. Merry Christmas, my friend. Merry that, Christmas. That's my friend, Delvin, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said, I do have some Blue Devil experience, but I had not read the Summer Fun issue yet. So I have to agree with Delvin. My favorite thing was Felix Faust and him giving him his own nicknames and those alliterative names that he gives all his spells and his items. That was very funny. I love Paris Collins. I think mm-hmm. he might be the most underrated penciler in all of comics. He's one of those names that if you're really into comics, you know who he is, but if you casual comics people, people who recognize names like Jim Lee and Frank Miller, stuff like that, you throw in Paris Collins and they're like, who? And that's a shame, because he's amazing. I know him mainly from his work on Blue Beetle. This work in Blue Devil is just as good. It's amazing stuff. So visually, it's good. Had some good humor moments. The only downside for me on this one, I'll let you know, I've read, you know, four or five, probably five or six random issues of Blue Devil, and I've enjoyed them. The only downside for this one to me is I'm not big on the mystic superheroes. Okay. They don't fire me up, and especially Intrigon. I'm not an Intrigon. How do you, Intrigon? Intrigon? Intrigon is how normal human beings call it, but yeah. Anyways, the demon. I've never been a big fan of the demon, because he always speaks in that rhyme, and I'm always like taking the time to make the rhyme work, instead of just reading the comic, which drives me nuts. I apparently have rhyming OC. He's a rapper. He's a rapping demon. He doesn't do it for me. Lay some beat down behind Behind that. <laughs> Every, every time I see him pop up in a comic, I'm just like, eh. And I don't know a lot about Phantom Stranger, Creeper, and these other characters. I know a little bit about them, but they've just never fueled my engine. I well, think, that's kind of the point of the Phantom Stranger. <laughs> <laughs> he is so strange to me. I don't know who he is. 
so dark, so secretive. Uh, anyways, mystical guys, not my cup of tea, but there was the fun element that really kind of saved the book for me. And I know there's so much other good stuff to watch Cassidy do his fun thing and all those other books. I don't regret reading this at all. I think there might have been better flavor tasters for this series to pick from, but I'm kind of glad you picked this one because it made me read it. So I got another Blue Devil read and the Paris Collins artwork is fantastic. The good news is that the supernatural characters don't hang around. They're not in every issue by any means. This is right. kind of the only time they really appear for the most part. And you're not wrong about Etrigan too, by the way. DC didn't really find their feet with Etrigan until he had his own ongoing series. Was it Alan Grant who wrote that? I can't remember exactly. But he found a way to really make the demon work. Up to that point, it was a slog to get through his rhymes. You're absolutely right about that. So, Pat, what did you think of the issue? Just as we were talking, the thing that came to mind, and I was reading the story, I'm like, man, this reminds me of something. And the cover reminds me of something. And then I finally got it when I put it together, is this is Pokemon Go before Pokemon Go was out. Oh my They're gosh. trying to catch these little critters. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. Gotta get them all. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't even put that together. You're very yeah. insightful, Pat. I am. <laughs> I'm like, boy, they got to catch the, all these little critters. I liked Felix Faust. I don't know much about him, so I found him He'll very interesting. You and funny. But I'd like to get a little more background on him. What is his thing? What is he? What does he, what does he do? Where does he come from? What makes him happy? You know, what makes him excited? That kind of a thing. Uh, if only there was somewhere I could find that out. Was that covered in a who's who, Shag? Could be, yeah. Everybody from the DC Universe is covered in who's who. If you want to listen to the who's who podcast, you can get all of that information. Oh, very good. I might have to look that up. But the short version is he's basically a third-rate Justice League chump villain who is pretty much a joke. And so using him here as the big bad is actually rather funny and clever. I thoroughly enjoyed him. I thought he was good. That's what spiked my interest to find out more about him. I'm like, I don't know who this guy is, but he sounds pretty interesting. He's a lot more interesting here than he is in most places. Black Orchid, right? Yes. What story is true? None. Is it ever told or is, does she show up anywhere else? That was her shtick when she was introduced in the late 70s. She was a mystery. No one knew who she was. They didn't know her secret identity. They kept it a secret until Neil Gaiman came along and wrote her miniseries after this. So there was always a mystery of who was actually Black Orchid. So they went with that as a joke and uh, made up, obviously, bogus origins for her in here. The Some of the Demon, I read his own series. So I do have a few of those issues of Demon, I think, when it would cross over with one of the bigger events down the road. So reading that, I understand understood that a little bit. And so this felt a little bit more lighthearted with him, though, than the more darker in his normal series that it was. So that was a little bit hard for me to get used to. But I did like it. I liked how funny it was. And all of a sudden he's sitting there trying to eat up. Everybody's catching him. He's eating these little creatures. (laughs) You mentioned that this is an annual, so it was a big, heavy page count on it. But the story was well played out through all of it. And then, like Shag mentioned, you know, being at Summer Fun, you had some different, you know, the pinups, you had the game, how the text works. Now, let me ask you, Shag, have you played the game? I have not. I have considered cutting it out many times, but I couldn't bring myself to destroy my comic. I suppose if I get a second version of it, I could do that, but uh, I just can't destroy such a pretty, pretty book. Okay. I would just want to maybe you photocopy it and then play the game. I don't know. That's problem solving, that. man. Problem solving, yeah. Pat. <laughs> I, like I think the game's a little bit more for a gag. It doesn't look like uh, it'd be very fun. It doesn't look like it's easy to win. Other than that, I did enjoy the story. It was interesting. I didn't know much, like Jared said. I don't know much about the Creeper, Man Bat, I'm here and there a little bit, The Phantom Stranger, and Madam Xanadu. I want to thank you for giving us a little more detail or information about who Blue Devil is and how he came about. I think that was very helpful now for me to understand more about what he is and what the whole series was about. So that's my 
thoughts. Jason? So overall, I thought it was kind of a surprisingly fun read. Like I said, I didn't really know what to expect going in. And I guess I should have guessed something with the big summer fun logo on the front. But I was kind of anticipating it to be a little darker. And I think maybe it's because I'm used to the more kind of contemporary magic-based dark tones of the DC universe. But I thought it was kind of fun, actually. It was surprisingly humorous. They had a lot of gags in there. Uh, they threw a lot of stuff at the wall. Some of it stuck, some didn't, but it was fun. It was an interesting cast of characters. I knew most of them, like I said, tangentially, but yeah, the only one I wasn't really familiar with was Black Orchid, so that was kind of cool seeing her. I did enjoy the characters, the matchup. Like I said, I usually break this down into four categories, humor, heart, spectacle, and art. Those are kind of the four things I look for in a book. Had a lot of humor. Not much in the way of heart. There wasn't really anything that really stood out as particularly heroic or anything that really tugged on my old heartstrings in this book. The sexy drawings of Madame Xanadu got my heart racing, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, Madame Xanadu was pretty alright. I will say that. A lot of spectacle. There's plenty of action. Like I said, eclectic array of characters. It kept me turning the pages, so uh, at the end of the day, that's really what you want in the comic book. We've all talked about the art, and you're absolutely right. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was interesting, the brightness, the colors that they used in the book. Again, I was expecting a much darker tone, so when I opened the book, I was like, oh, that's interesting, and it really kind of pulled me in. So, yeah, overall, it was fun read. That was awesome, Jason. I'll just wrap up with a couple more thoughts as you go into your candy cane voting to help sway your thoughts here. This book, I think, really helped set the stage for DC being accepting of fun superhero comics, so I think this thing really kind of allowed something like Justice League International, which was a huge success for DC, to happen, to have fun humor stuff, because, you know, we've all kind of danced around these characters, like the Creeper and Black Orchid and things like that. Outside of this book, most of these characters aren't that interesting. The Demon, we talked about the rhyming. You know, Black Orchid, she's okay, but it gets a little old. Creeper, never understood that character. You know, Fan Stranger <laughs> can be a total d things like that. So the way that these writers took these weird characters, put them together and made them engaging and entertaining, I think that's a huge testament to them. Do you think that there was any influence for Mike Mignola's Hellboy from Blue Devil? It certainly could be. I don't know that for a fact, but he was already working in the industry at this time and there are a lot of parallels with the regular Joe kind of feeling of the characters. Both of them have that regular guy kind of feel and both being demons or devils, if you, whatever, however you want to phrase it, could very well have. Yeah, it just kind of got a little bit of that vibe from Blue Devil, kind of that, like you said the regular Joe kind of down on his luck sometimes and yeah I, I just was wondering if there was a little influence there. Alright gentlemen, well now it's time to rate your interest in the series using the official Crusader Miss Candy Cane scale. So on a scale of 1 to 12, 12 being extremely interested and the only acceptable vote and 1 being no interest at all, which you're not allowed to vote, how many candy canes would you rate your interest in pursuing more issues of this title? So we're going to go around the room and we're going to start with Pat. What do you think buddy? As far as an interest goes this did pique my interest. Did it pique a high one? No, but uh, I'm going to say eight candy canes. I am interested just because I don't have a lot of knowledge on the whole DC universe besides the big name people. So I'm very interested in going back through from crisis there on and kind of reading through all that. So I want to learn more and find out what I had missed during that time. So I would be interested if I found these in a bin, bin diving or whatever, I would pull some blue devil out and read it. Give it an eight. Eight candy canes. That tells me that Pat doesn't like having fun. <laughs> All right. Delvin, what do you say, buddy? If you didn't like Pat's eight, <gasps> so I know. But what I'm going to do here is I'm going to give my rating and I'm going to end it with a very positive spin. For the candy canes I'm giving, I'm giving half. I'm giving six of them. Oh, 
But let me tell you why. It is really due to, I'm almost stunned that you pick a major universe character that has been around for decades and somehow I've never heard of this dude at all. I'm floored by that. So I see an issue that says, you know, fun on it. And it makes me think that it's going to do everything to try and be wacky and zany. And sometimes that misses with me. But the positive part here is that between the creator, Paris Cullen, Mm -hmm. I have never heard of the dude. And seriously, Shaq, I've collected comic books for 30 something years. I've never heard of this dude and I've never heard of Blue Devil. And it seems like lightning in a freaking bottle. Like, how is that possible? So like the positive spin here is like, I'm more than willing to read more Blue Devil and read more about Paris Cullen. And so if there's anything that you can share a point my way, I really would like to read it so I can find out about a character that I know nothing about at this point. So with that, you really did pique my interest. All right. Are you familiar with the Blue Beetle series? I'm familiar with the character more than anything. I have some booster gold in my long box. Paris Collins drew pretty much most of the Blue Beetle run. Uh, That's where you would jump to next. He then went off and did a lot of stuff outside of comics, did some indie stuff on his own. Are you familiar with Who's Who? There's a great podcast with that, by the way. Oh, well. Um, Here's how good he is. George Perez did the original covers for Who's Who. And when he stopped doing them, they tapped Paris Collins to draw a bunch of them. So that's just how good he is. I didn't give you a lot of stuff there that you would have heard of, but go on this thing called the interweb, not the dark side of it, the light side (laughs) of it. Look up Paris Collins and you'll find a lot of stuff. And if you want, I'll tell him he said hi when I meet him in Baltimore in September. Absolutely. Jason, how many candy canes? And by the way, to make up for these other people, you can go up to 15 if you'd like. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give it two candy canes for humor. A lot of the gags landed. It's going to lose a candy cane because Etrigan, he's too hard to read. Heart, got to give it zero candy canes. This was like cotton candy right here. (laughs) Nothing really nutritious, but a lot of fun. Spectacle, I'll give that a full three. A lot of fun, a lot of action. Art, I'll give it a two. So that'll give it seven. I'll land on the seven candy canes. Completely wrong, but fair answer. So, Jared, you're bringing up the caboose here, buddy. How many candy canes would you give this comic? I'm sorry, your interest in pursuing Blue Devil. Right, my interest in pursuing Blue Devil is already high. I am going to give this ten candy canes. It's Excellent. A ten candy caner for me. This one was it's an absolute, yes, I will if I find it in a bin. I don't have to now because I have the full run. Got a great deal on it on eBay, and I don't regret it one bit. It's a lot of fun. Honestly, if we had it all to do over, I think maybe Blue Devil number two or three might have been more easy to swallow for the new readers, but hey, gotta jump in somewhere. But yeah, I'm going with a solid 10 candy canes. It definitely fits the definition of overlooked because not collected. Delvin's never even heard of it. Dude, (laughs) seriously, I'm going to walk on this podcast and just wander around my neighborhood. (laughs) So uh, how does this work? Do we add up all the candy canes and you give me that amount of candy? Because that's kind of how Jared led me here thinking that's what was going to happen. These are yours to take with you. Excellent. Thank you. If I had one last chance to recommend this series, basically I would say, do you like being happy and generally enjoying yourself? <laughs> Obviously some of the people here don't, but if you yeah, if yeah. you at home were to say yes, then I think that the often overlooked Blue Devil series is for you. I will co-sign that. There we go. Perfect. Well, folks, that's going to wrap up today's gift-giving session of the 12 Days of Crusaders. We'd love to hear from you if you're familiar with any of the comics we cover here on the show, or if you give one of our recommendations a try. Let us know what you think. You can hit us up at Twitter at Longbox Crusade, Facebook Longbox Crusade, or you can email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com. We'll compile all the feedback for all 12 Days of Crusaders and cover it in the next full episode of Longbox Crusade. If you want to hear more from our special guest, where can they find you out on those interwebs, Shagapai? 
Hippopotamus. Well, now I'm going to be stalking all of you guys, trying to recommend actually good comics for you to read. But when I'm not doing that, you can find me over on the Fire and Water Podcast Network, where we have a wide variety of shows from a number of great podcasters. It's a wide range of fantastic podcasters and Ryan Daly. Now, my own podcasts include the Aquaman and Firestorm podcast, the Who's Who podcast, the Digest Cast podcast, which is specifically about little Digest comics. We have a role-playing one about DC role-playing game called Hero Points. My passion project is the Justice League International Bwahaha podcast, where I'm going through every single issue of the JLI series done by Giffen and Dematteis. It's been a lot of fun for me, all except for annual number two. That episode is garbage. Don't download it and listen to it. The guest was horrible. But other than that, it's been a fun series to go through. Oh, wait, you were the guy on that one, weren't you, Jared? If you're loving Crusade Miss, you didn't get a chance to listen last year. If you scroll far enough back in our feed, you can find all 12 episodes from Crusade Miss 2017. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be sure to come back tomorrow to find out what the next gift is underneath the tree here at the festively decorated Longbox Crusade Studios. Until then, DJ Cristados, play one of my favorite Christmas jams. <laughs> Shoes, but 
Songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We make no money on this podcast, and it is for entertainment purposes only. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Well, before we get started, I saw a little rumor in the in the rumor mill, just floating around, and that rumor said that our friend Delvin got a jujitsu promotion. Congratulations, Delvin! Yes, oh, way to go, buddy. That's not true. No, I, no. I, I stole a belt. Oh. That, that, <laughs> Even that, better. I, if you knock Did the guy ta- down and take his belt, I mean, doesn't that mean you're worthy of it? <laughs> That's all like the, isn't that the Klingon way? Isn't that how they get promoted? <laughs> right. <laughs> I kill you. We all go up in rank. Nice. I like that. Delvin is a I don't know if anyone will come to your school, though. It's like it, membership is $100 a month. If someone kills you, they advance in rank. What? What's, <laughs> Wait, what? Was that last part? Yeah. It's, Please it's, sign this waiver. It's the Chekhov dark mirror school of uh, martial arts. I think everyone you know, would go for that. Anyway, what are we doing Saturday? Oh, Crusader Chronicles. Yes. Yeah. in the morning with newly promoted jiu-jitsu champion Delvin Williams. He's the best around. Did you sweep the leg? Yes. <laughs> Best answer. Bit. Just don't encourage <laughs> did, you t- did you yell second place, no place, you're off the team? <laughs> yes. <laughs> one more, one more. Um, I need one. Did you yell, put him in a body bag, John? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, but Actually, she right. yelled it to him. I was going to say, yeah, someone yelled, put him in a body bag. I, I'm just saying that it, if I was like evaluating you to see if you were going to get that belt, that would have been the three things I had to check off. Like, so those, those are very uh, admirable. Um, I will make sure to pass those to Steve, third degree black belt. I'm sure he will take them. <laughs> Uh, Always room for improvement. Always room yes. for improvement. And, you know, he'll take them into consideration. He's an awful guy. I'm, like, sure Steve, I'm sure Steve has heard every Karate Kid joke in the book. So. <laughs> I feel like when yeah. Delvin tells Steve that story, Steve's going to be like, your friends are hilarious. And Delvin's going to be like, shit. Uh, uh, <laughs> take this belt back. <laughs> I hate this place and I hate all of you. <laughs> uh, I forgot what we were doing here. <laughs> yeah, what are we doing? Oh, <laughs> comics. Blue, Blue Devil comics. What are we doing? I don't think it's ever about comics. It's just about hijinks and... Tom Foolery. <laughs> hilarious. Hilarious. We'll, we'll put on track in a minute. Oof. Sweet. Oh, now you got pissed off me and Delvin. Good job. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was say, part I like all the yeah, Delvin. Sweep the leg, Delvin. Sweep the leg. <laughs> Delvin's put him in the body back, Delvin. I'm the best. Around. I'm the best. <laughs> I'm going to ever keep you down. Yep. Uh, See, that's how you do a callback joke, gentlemen. There you go. <laughs> We've been known from time to time. All right. For the past two decades or so. <laughs> yeah. Ever since uh, Pat surrendered his little podcast to you fools. <laughs> yeah, like he, he cracked Pat. he cracked a joke by a text that was so bad. I'm like, we are we are not a good influence on Pat. At all. I thought that was a good one. No, it was. Like uh, that, this is actually a compliment. Like, but, but I, I get the feeling that pre us, you would not have cracked a joke 
like that. Oh no, I wouldn't. See, and and now we we we're allowing we have enabled you to crack these terrible jokes for our benefit. And well, I mean, personally, you know, you're the best. Oh wow, but see if you do something. You pontificate, Jason. <laughs> I do. That I can vouch for. I've deep thought a lot of Jason's pontificating. We got a whole track of Jason's pontificating just waiting to be released. Hey, laugh all you want. Now. You're just denying the fans that gold. Just denying the fans that gold. You know the fans are us, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. By fans, I mean. Matt told me off air downloads are four. So okay. yeah. yeah. No, the weird part is they're three. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's not listening. <laughs> well, I was already there once. Why I did I go to him twice? <laughs> All right, let's do a show. Everybody, no, Christmas no. well, hold on. I'll, t- I'll tell Devin a little story. So, Devin, every time I hang out with Jared, he he likes to talk about you a little too much. But anyway, uh, every one of his stories starts with every one of his stories starts with my friend Delvin. Okay, so secret lover. It's never just Delvin because I know who Delvin is. In fact, Delvin and I are in a in a in a a message group together about fitness. But it's still my friend Delvin. Everything. So you and I had a conversation about um, exercise stuff a week or two ago about vitamins, and I took a snapshot and I sent it to Jared and said, "My friend Delvin." So there we go. So what's great about that story, the my friend Delvin story, Delvin. Yes. Is that we gained My a new friend. mutual friend named Delvin. That's and true. And so at one point I was able to say to Shag, so I was on Delvin's podcast and he goes with his little snarky attitude, you mean your friend Delvin? I was like, no, Delvin Cox, a completely different Delvin. <laughs> Suck it, Delvin's Shag. Friend. <laughs> oh my, God. my new friend, Delvin. We, we found another Delvin. I don't know. I, I, I mean, there could be only one. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I know. Like we, we did a podcast together and like he does Google Hangout. So like we kind of stared at each other for a few minutes in silence, you know, waging right. a you know a, a telepathic battle. <laughs> and you feel the quickening, and then you sweep the leg. <laughs> You're the best. So so for the singing that we start with, do you want like the in, in the twelve days of Christmas? There's like the short version of partridge in a pear tree, and then there's a long one, partridge in a pear tree. Which one you want, the short or the long? Could you do the short one again? <laughs> I think as long as you do it live, it's gonna not do the long one. A blue devil deviling. I like that. Can you go a little? Can you get like a little higher pitch? A blue devil deviling. Yes, we're doing that. That was a little pitchy dog. I had to crush some (laughs) to make that happen. (laughs) You gotta make them hear it, make them feel it, make them believe it. Oh, dog! I'm just not feeling it, dog. Yeah, bit pitchy. Bit pitchy, dog. <laughs> Hate you guys. Don't, don't open those presents underneath the tree, you guys. <laughs> My present smells like rotting meat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Came with a gift I, receipt. I literally got tears in my eyes. Oh, Pat, you're an idiot. I love you. That I'm was done. the world's most difficult short answer. Perfect. Thank it you. Was. I'm full of difficult short answers that turn into long answers. <laughs> He's the best. Around. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa, if you're into that. Festivus. Happy Festivus. If you're a non-believer, happy, you know, Thursday. (laughs) No, if you're not a believer, just fake it and get gifts.